This is episode 319. How many times have you tried to lose weight? 5, 10, 20, 50 times? Have you given up yet? If the answer is you've tried many times and yes, you're giving up, it's highly likely that you need to listen to this episode because if you haven't achieved your weight loss goals sustainably, then we need to change a few things, starting with how to think about your own weight loss. So much more of the success is in the mind, despite the fact we're mostly always focused on the physical, the food and the exercise only. Yet without the mind, your food is going to be shit and your body is going, well, it's not going anywhere. So if you want to get your mind right so you can shed the kilos and the pounds and also hear a short story about what not to do in perimenopause and menopause to avoid making weight loss even harder, then this episode is your lucky find. Let's do it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am very glad that you are here and you are wanting to work on your mindset because in 2024, it's my mission to coach 500 people to get control of their sugar cravings and sugar binges so they can stop yo-yo dieting, stop obsessing about food, and finally create a body that makes them feel confident in themselves. So the reason mindset is so important in that conversation is because often we get very stuck in the physical, in the body, in the nutrition, in the what needs to happen. However, very few programs include much mindset. Very few people are talking about how you need to set up your environment or how you need to set up your brain or your mind in order to actually produce the result because everything that exists in your life is a result of the way you think of your mindset. And by the way, I know mindset is a little bit of a buzzword in the personal development space and some people are sick of hearing it, but think about mindset as psychology, mindset, the way you think, your thought patterns, your automated habits, all of that. All of that is included in the idea of mindset, okay? And I want to propose the idea to you that if you want to lose weight, you need to change your thinking about how to lose weight. And whether the latest fad is intermittent fasting or there's keto or there's carnivore or there's the cabbage soup diet or there's eight to six meals a day to keep your metabolism up, I'm sure many of the people listening, just like you, have experienced those fads, have been through them and have been exposed to them. And there's a problem with all of them. It's that most of them don't come with a mindset component or advice about the mindset component. But my point is that it's in the physical, right? It's not in the psychological. And the only way we can actually do anything physical is to first think about it, right? We need to think about it first before we get automated behaviors and automated patterns that are really helpful or unhelpful. And what most of us have done is we thought about something once, which is I'm going to buy the wheat bix or I'm going to sign up to the 28-day extreme starvation diet weight loss challenge at the gym. And that's the end of the thinking. And the rest of it all becomes automated, right? And occasionally we'll think about how much we're suffering or how hungry we are, but we keep showing up because we've committed to some type of thing. And then we end up in a situation where it all falls apart because we didn't set up the correct psychology, the correct mindset, the correct way of thinking. And I know that almost every single person listening knows that they have a mindset problem because you are very likely a researcher. You're probably someone that's listened to 
50, 100, 200 of my podcasts, or if you're relatively new, it's likely you've listened to loads of other people's podcasts. And if you're not a podcaster, maybe you've read loads of books or you've signed up to tons of programs. So it's highly likely you actually have all of the information you will ever need about food and nutrition. So the question is, why don't you do it then? And the answer to that is, well, that's exactly what I'm qualified to help you with. But the answer to that is, it's a mindset problem. It's a thinking problem. And we also should acknowledge the infrastructure. The infrastructure is set up to make it difficult for you to choose to to be healthy. And at that step, we don't want to outsource our power because if we just blame the system, then we've got no control over how we show up for ourselves, right? It's like all problems in life. If we always blame the system or the other person, we can't take responsibility for our part in the story. It might not be the complete part in the story, but you can take responsibility for your part in the story. And that is the way that you think, which is the foundation of how you're going to show up from a nutrition standpoint, from an exercise standpoint, from a wellness standpoint, from a disease reversal standpoint, from all of the standpoints, basically. So I want to start with problematic thinking. So what is problematic thinking and mindsets? Okay. So whenever somebody comes into my my world, they often know that they've got a thinking challenge. And so one of the ways to identify that is in yourself is to identify, do you have short-term thinking, right? Which is fad diet has probably programmed that into you after a very long time, which is like, Hey, Maddie, I want to lose 10 kilos to fit into my wedding dress in eight weeks or in three months, or after Easter, I'll get well, or after Christmas, I'll get well, or I want to fit into a dress at my friend's birthday party so that I look amazing in six weeks, or I'm going to join this 28-day challenge. Stuff like that is problematic thinking because you're thinking as if you're not a human that's going to live 80 to 100 years. Another problematic red flag that comes my way regularly is talking about, hey, Maddie, I would love to hear about your program. Is it like a 1200 calorie thing? Or whether people are starving themselves or focused on eating less calories than they actually need. I see it all the time because often the women that I work with have deprived their body of nutrition and gone on so many fad diets that their metabolism is up shit creek without a paddle. And so they just have to keep lowering and lowering and lowering the calories, starving themselves and battling severe hunger. And I would argue malnourishment in order to try and see the scales move at all. And then they get super excited to say 200 grams came off the scales. Well, 200 grams you probably went for a piss. <laughs> you probably took a shit. <laughs> and actually, probably a bit more would have come off, actually. Sure, every single step in the right direction is great. However, if you're celebrating 200 grams shifting on the scale and there's not much movement on a general daily basis in any direction, then it's probably because your metabolism's fucked and that you've starved yourself thin and you're eating less calories. The other side note to mention there is that for many people, they get to a place in their weight loss journey where the scales don't actually move. Their body continues to change shape and the redistribution of muscle and fat and um, hydration and electrolytes occurs, but they keep getting on the scale, scale doesn't move, but their clothes that they're putting on are different and are feeling different. Their shape is changing a little bit in the mirror, but the scales aren't changing. So the scales aren't always good. Anyway, back to the starvation, less calories. When people are stuck in that, that's problematic thinking. If you are stuck in that, it's a problematic mindset because it is inevitably short term. You can't starve yourself forever. Your evolutionary biology will kick in and say, what the fuck are you doing? Eat, woman. (laughs) Eat, 
bro, <laughs> you know? Like eventually your mind will stop you thinking about not putting nutrition into the body and you will end up binging. And that's what starvation and less calorie, lower calorie diets do. There's loads of studies on, on them. Short term, work amazingly. Long term, work terribly. People end up big binging, which is exactly why my programs exist. If you're thinking about using willpower and grit and that you've got to s- suffer through hunger in order to be able to get what you want from your body, that is problematic thinking. And also if you're thinking about just the diet, just the nutrition, then that is also problematic thinking because you are a holistic human being. It's not just nutrition. It's stress levels, it's sleep, it's fitness and movement, which doesn't mean necessarily smashing yourself at the gym, but movement of all kinds because there's antidepressant effects from movement, which really obviously improves your psychological state, which then impacts the way you think about food and nutrition and the way that you show up for yourself in all the health and wellness areas. So, The reason this thinking fails is because, well, it causes stress, right? Willpower and grit leads to stress. Starvation, less calories lead to survival stress because your body's freaking out that it's dying. Um, It triggers hunger. Then you've got to use the willpower to battle hunger, which then causes stress. Stress is cortisol and adrenaline and a few other hormones, which put up your stress levels, which make it harder to lose weight, which lock down the fat stores. And hunger obviously drives you to eat right? It's telling you to go and eat. You are not putting enough nutrition in the body. And battling that, you usually lose that battle eventually, okay? Um, And so, the hunger causes ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone, to go up. And many people that are overweight also have leptin blocks. And so, leptin is the hormone that tells your brain that you are actually full. And when you are significantly overweight, sometimes the leptin signaling or leptin receiving center in the brain is damaged or broken or not receiving the message. And so, you're stuck in this perpetual hunger cycle, right? Um, Which sucks. You don't want to be there either. And guess what? More hunger leads to more stress because you're not meeting the body's needs. It can then lead to a lack of sleep because you're hungry. You're not sleeping correctly, right? You're stressed. You're panicking. Your body's telling you to wake up and go and get some food. So then we've got a lack of sleep. We've got stress hormones going up. We've got hunger to battle with. And then guess what? When you are depriving yourself and restricting yourself of the foods that you want, that builds up a big pressure chamber, some tension, high-level tension, of unmet needs because guess what? If you're just focused on the food, you're ignorant of the fact that the sugar and the chocolate and the croissant and the coffee with four sugars in it that you have three times a day or five times a day, that met a need, a biological need, but more importantly, an emotional need. You went towards those foods to meet an emotional need. And if you ignore and use willpower and grit to ignore those needs you are even more likely to binge. So you're going to binge because of the lack of sleep, the stress and the hunger, but you're also going to binge because you've ignored this emotional part of yourself that the sugar formally met. That need was met by the sugar, by the overeating, by the binge eating, whether it was whether that need was numbing out, whether it's um, feeling comfortable doing tasks you don't feel comfortable with. Many women drink wine during tasks that they're sick of doing, like the washing or doing cooking at dinner. Uh, many men might use beer. Both genders use chocolate um, or a bag of lollies and sweets and candies to get them through doing difficult tasks. And those tasks aren't actually that difficult. They just are bored and brain dead and sick of life and busy and tired. And hey, I get it. Life sucks sometimes. It's overwhelming. But the problem is we're stuck in this loop every single day, which then produces overweight, obesity, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, inability to walk upstairs without feeling 
shit, you know, inability to have confidence to walk into the gym, inability to even walk outside because you are so embarrassed about your situation, lack of confidence putting clothes on that make you feel good. All of it leads to a horrible place, right? And sometimes the other thing to mention about problematic thinking is that people are stuck in how they learned dieting from their mothers often is the place that most people find that information out. Some fathers, not many, but some fathers. Um, But also they're stuck in how they learnt in the 80s and 90s. Even in the face of clear logical information, people still go ahead with what they were told in the 80s and 90s or whatever their mum pumped into them or whatever behaviours they learned from their mum. And I actually spoke to a woman or had a woman in my orbit just the other day um, and we were talking about challenges that she was having with weight gain during menopause and talked about the fact that, you know, the body takes over what's going on. And so the body fat itself actually takes over the hormonal management in some part of the ovaries as the ovaries shut down and the sex organs shut down. And the other thing to mention is that low calorie diets starve the body of nutrition and trigger a stress response. And that situation then leads to hormone problems because the main reason why people have problems with their sex hormones is because their stress hormones are being prioritized for the molecules that build the sex hormones. So by the time we get to building sex hormones, there's not enough material material around to actually build them. And then we've got hormone imbalance, right? And so menopause already sends you, you know, up shit creek without a paddle for some people, not everybody, for some people. However, if we're also then doing a 1000 calorie diet, which is what this woman was doing. um, And I explained all of this in detail over sort of, I don't know, 10 minutes of voice notes saying, you know, we've got to actually get more nutrition into the body because you're starving the body and it's triggering a worse menopause reaction and the body fat takes over. So there should be a couple of kilos gained that we actually need to feel comfortable and accepting of and, and all this kind of stuff. And she, literally said, all of that makes complete sense, but I'm not going to do it. And she continued to go off on her 1000 calorie diet. And I found out that later that day, she had a, she had a bit of food that was a little bit unexpected and then got immediately into the swimming pool to burn it off. This is problematic thinking. And it's probably problematic thinking that you can relate to. But if in the face of clear logic and and understanding, you still act in another way. There's deep work that needs to be done in regards to your mindset and your relationship with your body and food, because this woman is absolutely going to make her menopause worse without a doubt. She's also going to make her metabolism worse without a doubt. And she's going to make losing weight even more difficult, if not almost impossible in the years ahead and the decades ahead, all of which I told her. And she said, thanks, not going to do it. So in response to that, what we have to do and what you have to do is develop self-awareness. You need to figure out what is your current mindset and what are your current belief systems and how do they benefit you and what are the limitations. And remember, as you write these down, get make sure you've got paper out for this episode. I should have said that at the start. Write this stuff down. This is an exercise that needs to happen over 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, you know. Um, what are the benefits? And the benefits might not be obvious benefits. Most people sit down and think of benefits as things that you benefit from that sound like, you know, weight loss and more confidence and fitting into my old clothes, which are all things that we talk about achieving inside my program. However, often when people are emotionally eating or unable to have a helpful mindset, the benefits that they perceive are benefits to them as an individual. So a benefit, and I always go with this severe example uh, because it really hits home for a lot of people, but it highlights the point that 
that what you might see as a benefit is not the benefit that other people see and vice versa. So one benefit to overeating and having a poor mindset around getting healthy and the reason you might flunk all of your diets and bail out two weeks in could be because as you start to see your body change in a more favorable way as a woman, and this might be the truth for some men as well, you start to realize that you get more male attention. And if you have sexual trauma or any type of attention-related trauma in regards to your body, then you might actually feel more comfortable having that weight on your body. And so one of the benefits for you and for many people might be that actually the reason I fail diets is not because I suck at diets. It's because I'm scared that as a healthier, skinnier, more sexually attractive person, I start to get that attention, which once led to a really devastating situation. Now, that is one extreme example. However, I want you to think about all of the benefits that you get from food. Like a benefit might be, it makes me feel not alone, right? I can relate to that one. It makes me feel numb so I don't have to feel my emotions. That's a benefit that you currently experience. It's not a benefit that we might write on a list of benefits, <laughs> but that's the benefit. That's why you do it. So I want you to write down what are the benefits and what are the limitations because you might discover that your benefits and limitations are actually the same thing. And that self-awareness is really good because once you've got that list and you can see, shit, my benefit and my limitation are the same, then you finally realize why you can't go anywhere, <laughs> why you keep tripping yourself up and where the work needs to be done. And we need to identify where has this mindset that I've got once you figure out what are your benefits and and where are the limitations and how do I think about things currently? And you might even extend this to how do I think about body image and fashion and all of the things that relate to how you might feel in your own body, right? And my friend, friend group and the people at the gym and all of that kind of stuff. But then you have to identify where does this mindset fail you? And I've just pointed that out. If you discover benefits and limitations are the same on either side of that list, that is where that mindset fails you. Has this mindset failed you in the past? If you said yes on the intro, which is, you know, how many diets have you been on and what number is it and have you given up? Then it's clearly failed you in the past, which highlights that we need to change it. You got to ask yourself, how do I think about food? How do I feel about food? Which foods do I use to make me feel different? Feel full, feel happy, feel sad, feel lonely, feel nostalgic. Which foods do you go towards to try and eat the past, eat the memories of the past? What are my thoughts when I've overeaten? That's a good one. What thoughts come to mind or pop up for me when I have overeaten? Are you fucking savage to yourself? Are you just beating yourself up? Or on the other side of things, what thoughts come up when you're hungry? Are you justifying What's going on? Are you saying, ah, I'll just have it this once or no, it's totally fine. I'm pretty hungry right now. I guess these calories will burn off. You start doing that bargaining in your head, right? You want to think about it. Where's my mind at when I've overeaten? Where is it when I'm hungry? Where is it when I've binge eaten? And this will help you identify the type of relationship you have with food. Are you an all in or all out type of person? And if you're nodding your head to that, I strongly encourage you to go and listen to episode 230 of this podcast once you're finished here because, well, you're just going to learn a lot about the all-in or all-out thinking. (laughs) But identifying if that's how you behave, then that's useful because what that tells me is if you're an all-in or all-out person, it means when you decide to give up, you fully commit to giving up and go all the way into self-sabotage. Again, episode 230, go and check it out. Are you a solid starter but never really finished anything? That, I can relate to that one personally. I'm really good at getting things started and probably doing about 70% of the work and then I start to peter out. That's, that's my pattern, 
right? So you need to know this about yourself so you can set up systems that will carry you the extra 30%, right? The reason this is helpful is because we can plan for your weaknesses and set up your environment to support those weaknesses. How do you operate when results don't come fast? That's another big one. I hear it a lot when people inquire about my program, which I'll share more about in a moment. It's like, I want to see results really fast or I'm someone that's results oriented. What happens? Do you crack the shits and quit? Or what happens when you hit a plateau? Is that time to give up or is it time to problem solve? Again, this is about developing self-awareness. Who am I? How do I think? What is my mindset? How supportive or unsupportive is my psychology? Are you someone that always blames the tools? Is everything someone else's fault? Are you a victim? Or are you in control of your life? Are you looking for how you can take responsibility, how you can change, what other tools and resources are out there? All of this is develop more self-awareness around food, wellness, movement, all of those activities that make you feel good. So I want you to put together a list answering all of these questions that I've just mentioned. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. And then we, of course, want to move on to actually setting up the way that we think in the future so that we can think from now on and moving into the future in a different way that actually helps us think differently. Because if we're not going to lose weight, we're not going to lose 5 kilos, 10 kilos, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever it is, we're not going to do that unless we fix the mind. Because one of the shocking things about the future is that the present person you are always shows up in the future. (laughs) Why? Because the future never comes. It's always the present moment. You are always who you are, right? And so we need to plan in order to be slightly different but expect that we will be who we are. Recently, I caught up with some family members I hadn't seen in a long time and there were parts of the conversation where I was like, holy shit, it's been years and I feel like I'm telling the same story or answering things in the same way. And I realized that whilst a lot of things have changed, nothing has changed. And this highlights my point is that you are going to be there when you arrive in the future. You're going to be uncomfortably met with yourself, (laughs) right? It's going to be you on the other side. So we have to be realistic about your weight loss. We have to be realistic about your goal setting. We have to be realistic about your flaws, which doesn't mean that we're accepting that they will exist forever. We're just accepting that they are a part of ourselves that we are challenged by. And therefore, we have to start thinking about those things differently. Otherwise, we just produce the same result, right? 
So when we set up goals and planning about how we're going to think, first of all, one tweak a week, okay? We want to go in with the idea that we need to work on one small thing at a time. I know you want to get caught up in the fire and the heat and the energy of go, 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 go. Let's crush goals. And sure, that, that's good for a little while and it works when you're at the gym with, you know, trance mu- music playing or heavy metal music playing. I work out to heavy metal music, like really hardcore thrash stuff. <laughs> um, but when you're out of that vibe... It's, you're not that motivated, are you? It doesn't, doesn't feel that exciting. But when you're there with all the super fit, you know, ripped trainers and people around and nutrition experts and whatever, you're like, yeah, I can do this. I've got it covered. But what happens when you're not there, which is literally like 95% of your life, okay? And we have to be realistic about weight loss. How long does it take? What causes it? I've got people that I've worked with that lost 20 pounds or 30 kilos or whatever the number is over multiple years. Why? Because that was a realistic expectation after abusing their body for 40 years or 20 years or 30 years. That's a long fucking time. You need to be realistic about what's going to happen and know that if you're going to go for that short-term fast weight loss thing, it's probably going to come back and you're probably going to damage your metabolism further and have a harder time next time. Plus, we might have to factor in hormones, menopause, perimenopause, really complex things to deal with, right? So we have to be realistic about how long it's going to take, how fast it's going to happen. For some people, it's going to happen at different speeds and paces because they're in a different body with a different medical history, with a different weight loss experience, with a different hormone profile. So it's about you comparing yourself to who you were yesterday whilst also being a part of a community because it's very difficult to pick yourself up in the bad times when you're doing it on your own, which is exactly why we do everything as a collective. And when you make a weight loss goal, you need to realize it's not the weight that needs to be lost. It's your limiting beliefs. It's the things that take up your time that should be spent on health and wellness. The things you need to lose are the things getting in the way of being a healthy person, not being skinny. Because inevitably, the way that we get healthy, the way that we find our healthy body weight, and just to clarify, skinny does not equal healthy. It's very natural for different people to have different body shapes, different body compositions, different body weights, right? And many people have weight loss goals that are not equivalent to their optimal health. But we need to lose all of the things getting in the way of us being a healthy person because your body will find eventually find its natural body weight once you become a healthy person. And a healthy person can have any type of body shape. Because a healthy person is someone that shows up to the gym or that shows up to yoga however many times a week, that shows up to the kitchen and cooks recipes, that orders food from organizations that don't add sugar, that don't use vegetable oils, that goes to restaurants and chooses good choices, that associates with people that are interested in personal development and psychology and doing the mindset work and working on their emotional eating and binge eating. This is what a healthy person does. And you can only be a healthy person if you switch your mindset to understand that this is a lifestyle. This needs to involve people I like being around. It needs to involve mentors. It needs to involve like-minded, value-oriented communities that also want to work on themselves and all understand that it's a journey. It's not a journey that takes 28 days or six weeks or 12 weeks. It's a journey that's going to take years until you evolve into someone that you're just really proud of being really happy in your own skin, wearing clothes that feel really comfortable, getting to a point where the number on the scale is irrelevant because we realize that actually that doesn't determine my worth. And that's another mindset shift. 
is that the number on the scale is not a determination of your happiness, of your worthiness, of your lovableness, because that number is going to change day in, day out based on your hydration, based on your food, based on what you did at the gym, based on your stress, based on all sorts of different things. But eventually you will find that place where you will be optimized and comfortable and it might not be the number that society says it should be on the scale, especially for your woman with boobs and hips and you know, have that curvaceous, voluptuous figure naturally, which can be really rich in energy and nutrition and wellness, right? And then we've got different people, you know, maybe Europeans or that have got, got less of those curves or Asians that have got le- less of those curves. It's going to be different for them, you know? And these days with so many, the gene pool mixed up, we're going to find pe- different people in opposite camps, right? Of people with different body shapes based on their complex genetic profile, which is why we shouldn't follow so many different fitness, health, wellness influences on social media because we've got women and men with bodies that are nothing like the people they're following wishing their body was like the people they're following when it never will be. Your body is uniquely yours. And by the way, having children can permanently affect your body, right? Which doesn't mean give up on being healthy and well and losing weight. It's just acknowledging that your body has a story. It's got a history and we've got to care for that body in reference and factor in all of the things that your body has been through. And this is all reasons why we need to look at becoming a healthy person. That's the mindset we want to cultivate. How does a healthy person think? I even have to ask myself that some mornings when I'm lying in bed, knowing myself and knowing that if I don't work out in the morning, it doesn't happen. It does sometimes But sometimes I say, oh, you know, I've woken up a bit late or I can't be bothered or I'm tired or whatever. I'll just work out a little bit later. I'll just work out a bit later. I'll get up and start work. And then I realize, oh, I didn't work out today at all because I know myself. I know the system I need to put in place is that workouts in the morning are non-negotiable because they just don't happen later on. Don't trick yourself, Lansdowne. And it's the same with you. And so I lie in bed and say... After I go through this conversation, I'm like, what does a healthy person do, Maddie? A healthy person does the workout anyway, even if I use weights that don't feel hard, even if I go at speeds that aren't that fast, the point is showing up to the workout. And then I get my ass out of bed and I literally sometimes start with lo- little weights, tiny weights that don't even feel like an effort. And then, I, then I've got the, the metal music in my ears and I'm like, I slowly pick up into the vibe. But the point is I still did it. Right. And so even I have to sometimes leverage this kind of psychology or this thinking or these habits or these systems that I'm aware of, which reminds me, you know, we're all humans. So we also need to plan for failure, which is not the end of the world. Right. It's just a moment in time. It's just a meal. It's just a bad day. It's just a bad week. And we can start again tomorrow. Right. We don't need to put all of this ever after stuff, all this pressure onto our mind. Because if you're thinking about, I can never have chocolate ever again, guess what? You're not going to lose weight for very long because you can't wait for that chocolate to come back. You've got this unmet need building up and ever feels scary. So it's really hard to commit to ever after. You're like, why would I do that? Chocolate's amazing. Right. You just want to commit to the meal that's in front of you. Right. The day that's in front of you. That's it. That's it. Try again tomorrow, right? It's just today. And when you wake up tomorrow, guess what? It'll be just today again. 
So none of this ever after thinking. So we have to plan for failure and we have to know ourselves when failure happens and we have to know the ways that we dig ourselves out of failure. And as James Clear, the guy who wrote Atomic Habits said and recommended his book, fantastic. I probably need to read it again. I've read it twice and it's just one of those books you need to get reminders from. But he has a quote where he said, you do not rise to the level of your goals. Remember, think about when you failed. You don't rise up to the level of your goals. You fall, right? We fall. And so he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So what systems are you putting in your life that are barely inhibited by mindset? For instance, most people put the coffee mugs in their kitchen in the cupboard above or closest to the kettle. That's a really simple example of a system, but it means that it's easy and thoughtless. you Half asleep, you go to the kettle, turn the kettle on, and you, cl- you could close your eyes and open the cupboard and pull a mug out right above. Super simple system. For me, one of them is that the weights are out all of the time where I can see them. Another simple one that I do for me is uh, supplements. So if I can't see my supplements in the kitchen, they probably aren't going to go into my body. <laughs> I'm probably not going to consume them because I simply forget. So another one that I do is that I leave the supplements out and I d- every single day, I don't miss them. Without fail, I consume those supplements. But again, that's another system, a little system that doesn't require psychology or mindset upgrades or anything like that. It's very practical and it's if I see it, I do it. No thought. And when I don't see it, I don't do it. And that's just a little thing that works for me. So there's another system. Another one might be that you make sure that you have a social connection or accountability at the gym so that even when you're tired and can't be fucked, you know that your friend Mary or that your mate William is going to be like, oi, where are you? And you might even have a text on your phone already. Like, let's go, let's do this. And so you can drag your feet to the gym half asleep and still show up because you've got a system in place, a system of connection and accountability. It could be joining a program like mine and knowing that I'm going to be there looking for you. I'm going to be there waiting for you. And if you're not on the call, I'm going to be messaging you, right? That's a system. So it's not always about personal empowerment because sometimes, like I said earlier, we need to acknowledge that the limitations of the infrastructure in life. But if we actually alter that infrastructure and alter the environment, then we're in a situation where we've set the environment up in a way that actually favors us. And we need to actually think less. We can rely on our psychology less because we can just show up and perform right? Maybe not to the standard we want, but the point is that, you know, 50% of the work, arbitrary statistic, but 50% of the work is showing up, you know? Some people say 80% of the work or 90% of the work is just showing up because so many other people don't show up. And to be honest, it's not even about other people. It's about you showing up for yourself because without this mindset of being a healthy person, and guess what? This is another healthy person mindset, right? Is that I just do health and wellness things, That statement doesn't contain the level of intensity, the amount of weight that you should be lifting, the amount of food that you should be eating, the type of food that you should be eating. All it says is that healthy people show up. And so no matter how you feel, you can show up. You're totally capable of showing up because showing up's easy. You just get in the car, drive there and exist. You know, you get up out of bed, you walk to the kitchen and just do food, right? Obviously, we want to make better choices. And obviously, when we get to the gym, that, that environment's hopefully going to trigger something in us that will get us where we need to be. But step one for all of the things is just show up because that's what healthy people do. And that's the mindset you need to lose weight. Healthy people show up, right? Healthy people show up. If you resonate with this episode, 
then I'd encourage you to reach out because we have programs that work on this exact type of thing in the context of food, movement, wellness, and the way you think about yourself. So if you're sick of yo-yo dieting, you're stuck with emotional eating or overeating or sugar binges that you just cannot get a handle on, then please consider reaching out before we fill up for this year because inside our emotional eating and body confidence program, we've got eight modules which includes brain science and behavior change and self-love and emotional eating content to help you rewire your psychology, your relationship with your body, your relationship with food. We've also got nutrition and microbiome reprogramming advice and strategies to completely rewire your body and gut bugs so that they actually stop craving sugar. So there's the mental side of things and then there's the physical side of things. And you also get to be a part of a like-minded community of women going on this exact journey. And fellas, we do have some stuff in there for you too if there's any lads that are listening and thinking shit I need this Um, but our bigger programs are definitely with women um, and you get to spend time with those women that are on the exact same journey so people that get it and are committed to their health just like you are and are willing to put skin in the game and commit and go all of the way and we also do 12 coaching calls over the time that we're together so we can actively work through the tricky stuff that inevitably comes up on a deep journey like this one And, and I'm honest with everyone that these journeys can be tricky they can be emotional they can be tear-jerking, they can be confronting, a little bit scary, but that's what we need to do in order to actually change the psychology of our relationship with ourself and food so that we can continue to show up in a way for ourselves moving forward that reflects what we've learned in our time together rather than this being another fad diet that you did, which is exactly why once we hit the end of the program, you then have access to the Consistency Club, which goes quite literally forever. (laughs) You then become a part of a community that is just so fun and so familiar. Everybody gets it. Everyone's working on something on their health and and chipping away and they use the Consistency Club often as a community of like-minded people to connect with so that they know that there's a place in the world they can go and be accepted for who they are and their beliefs and their ideas, but also to problem solve amongst the group of, again, like-minded people that are thinking about solving problems in a really similar way to what they want them to be solved in. I hope that made sense. (laughs) And the good news is for all of it, I'm there every step of the way. And we've got plenty of people that have been on that journey for multiple years now. So if this feels like a good idea to you, shoot me a message by going to the link in the show notes below. Send me the word program and let's see if this is the right next step for you because I would love to be there, a part of this journey for you if that feels right. Get control of this emotional eating, get control of your food and it plays out in many other areas of your life. I've seen so many people change their job situation or their finance situation or their relationship because they're getting better at putting boundaries in place and they've got communication strategies that they've never used before with people and so a lot of things can actually improve in your life when you get these skills about respecting your space, your body, your time, your food and you're just honoring who you are. So please head down to the show notes below and come and chat to me. So remember with your mindset, do this little audit that we've talked about today. We want to find out what your current mindset is, how you're thinking about it. If you're all in or all out, check out episode 230. And then we want to start thinking about things differently. What systems can we set up that don't require much mindset to get through? Write it all down and then take action. And that step for action might be to reach out to me and have a chat and then we can point you in the right direction or get you involved in what we do. But whatever it is, don't let this just be another piece of information and research that you've done. Learning stuff, learning heaps of stuff doesn't make you healthier. That's just the precursor to getting healthier. 
right? It's step one. And to be honest, many of the people I speak to are just so overwhelmed with all the research they've done, they don't know where to start. (laughs) So from whatever you've written down today with mindset and how to lose weight in regards to shifting your mindset, start with one of those things if you haven't already started something already. In the meantime, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time and your energy and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode or learned anything at all, the gift of your five-star rating would be incredibly helpful. And what's even more powerful is if you write a review. You can do it below each episode on Spotify every time an episode comes out. And inside Apple Podcast, simply find the main page of this show with all the episodes on it, scroll to the bottom, hit write a review, share your amazing feedback, and then hit send. It helps this show grow tremendously and allows me to successfully invite bigger and more famous guests each time we do the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping us climb the charts, climb the algorithm and help more people. Oh, and by the way, I have a short disclaimer as well. I just wanted to quickly remind you that the information provided on this podcast is for general informational purposes only. While we strive to bring you accurate and up-to-date content, it's important to note that a lot of this is mixed with opinions, stories, and ideas not supported by mainstream science or medicine. Any advice or suggestions should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult a healthcare provider before making any decisions about the health and wellness of you and your family. Remember too that what works for one person may not work for another. And just as we promote on the show, each person is responsible for their own health decisions. Thank you for tuning in to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. And now, the next episode. Here it is. Here it is.